Welcome to Biblical Insights. <clears throat> the Lord's put on my heart to speak a little bit about faith. And as you can listen to some of my past podcasts, the Lord has spoke about faith. And what do we do in this faith that we have that, that God has given us and this strength is only found in Him? So I want to look at faith that pleases God. And we're going to be in the book of Hebrews uh, looking at that. The key concern in this epistle is that Christians remain strong in faith. There's a danger of developing a heart of unbelief. And we saw that in Hebrews 3.12. It was the lack of faith that destroyed Israel in the wilderness. And it was. I mean, it was a lack of faith. Why do you think they wandered for 40 years? In chapter 10, in the book of Hebrews, we saw an exhortation to draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. And an admonition to have that faith which endures to the end. But one might ask, what is this faith which leads to the saving of our souls? And how does this faith that the writer of Hebrews, how does that faith manifest in our lives of those who possess that faith? So in chapter 11, we find the answers with a definition of faith in 11.1, with a mention of how necessary the faith is to please God in, in 11 verse 6, with examples of the Old Testament saints who demonstrate saving faith. So I want to focus our attention on the first like seven verses as we examine this faith that pleases God. So faith explained. So let's read Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is a substance of things hoped for, future, it's a prophetic statement things hoped for in the future. The Greek word translated substance is hypostasis, which literally means to stand under, i.e. or to be a foundation. So this is something that we can stand on. So as it's translated in Hebrews 3.14, it means confidence. Do we have that confidence? That firm trust or assurance. That's what the that's what the faith, that's what it's talking about. That faith right there. Other translations illustrate that the main idea is confidence. And and that's fine, that confidence. But I like the way this is the, the meaning of it's a we can stand under and a foundation. As a builder, 
the foundation is the most important part of a house, of a structure. Uh, we don't want to build our, our house on sand where the waves will hit it and wash it away. Then it'll be useless. We don't want to build our foundation on clay because it's not strong. Because over time, it'll wash away and cave in. We want to build our foundation on rock. Why do you think houses and structures, the foundation is concrete, cement, however you want to say it? Because it's solid. And it stands up to the elements. That's why Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Because it's really, he's the cornerstone of our foundation, of our faith. Of the faith. Because it has to be built on something strong and lasting. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for. And faith is the assurance of things hoped for in the New American Standard. The evidence of things not seen. The Greek word translated evidence is elagkos. Elenkos. It means conviction. Other translations, other versions translate this phrase certain of what we do not see. The conviction of things not seen. So pertaining, pertaining to things that are hoped for and not seen, faith is confident. Is that, it's that confidence that we have about things that we hope for, such as the, the coming of the Lord. This is in Titus 2.13. That confidence that we can trust God's word. When he says that he's coming back, he's coming back. We can be confident of the resurrection of the dead. Acts 24, 15. It was this kind of confidence possessed by the Old Testament saints that pleased God. For by the faith of the elders obtained a good testimony. Hebrews 11.2 Faith is conviction about things that we have not seen, such as the evidence of God, whom no man has seen or can see. 1 Timothy 6.16 Being an artist, there is evidence. You can look outside and see trees. I look on my walls. I have some of my paintings on my walls. If there's no signed paint, let's just go to some store or whatever. You have a painting on the wall. That alone is evidence of a painter. The painting itself is the evidence. Because you know it didn't paint itself. The paint didn't just jump up on the canvas 
and, and create this beautiful image of the water or whatever. There had to be a mind, a creative mind behind that painting. Just as we see outside in our creation, there had to be a creative mind behind our creation. In turn, God. So we also have that confidence in how the world began. The worlds were framed by the Word of God. 11, verse 11, or chapter 11, verse 3. Yet faith is that strong conviction that such matters are true. As expressed in verse 2, the elders obtained a good testimony because of their faith. Do you have that kind of faith that God can say that we've obtained a good testimony based on our faith? Let's hook ourselves up to the faithometer and see where that needle pegs. I'd be scared to see where my faith at times is. Do I rely on myself? Or do I solely re rely on God? And it's through His strength that I can accomplish things. The testimony of Abel that faith worshiping by faith he offered to God verse 4 offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain the references is Genesis 4 3 through through 5 Cain's offering was the fruit of the ground Abel's offering was the firstborn of his flock and of their fat it is said that the Lord respected Abel's offering, but not Cain's. So what do we have to bring to the table? Is our offering respected? Or is our offering rejected? Why did God respect Abel's offering, but not Cain's? It may have been that God was had been had specified an animal sacrifice. It may be that Cain offered leftovers, while Abel offered his best. Do you offer your best to God every day? Or do we give him our, our leftovers? You know what, God, I, I've, I've done as best as I can I need to push it over the edge, so I kind of need your help on this one. Just kind of just get it over the edge. That little extra oomph to finish the job. It's kind of like Mormonism. You do all you possibly can to obtain salvation through your works. And then when you can't do any more, that's when 
You want God to finish the journey. Again, folks, that's not how it works. Are we offering to God our leftovers? Or are we giving him our first fruits as God gave his son his first fruits so that we might live? Cain's attitude may have been wrong. He certainly showed himself prone to display envy and hatred and capable of murder. Perhaps most likely Abel offered his with faith while Cain did not. Through faith, Abel obtained witness that he was righteous. Hebrews 11.4 God certainly testified of his righteousness and showing respect to his offering. Jesus also bore witness to the righteousness of Abel in Matthew 23-35. The Apostle John also in 1 John 3-12 through his faith he being dead still speaks. Hebrews 11-4 His example of faith was written for our learning, Romans 15.4. And his example of faith continues to warn us in regards to worshiping God. Do we worship him with all of our heart? Or what's left over? Do we give him everything that we have till we can't give no more? Or do we try in our own strength, chart our own course, pave our own way to seek after that piece of the American pie Or do we allow him, do we allow Jesus and the indwelling of of the Holy Spirit himself, do we allow him to chart our course? And do we give him 100% of ourselves? The testimony of Enoch walking by faith. By his faith, Enoch was translated so he did not see death. Man, can you imagine, believers, that your faith is so just off the charts that God's like, you know what? I'm taking you, I'm bringing you home right now. It doesn't happen to us like that, believers. God does take people. Took my brother pretty early. But most of us, it leaves here on earth and uses us through these trials that builds our faith. And we build that faith by living for him. We build our faith by relinquishing 
control of our lives to him, to the Holy Spirit. We relinquish our lives to him. And as we do that more and more, we see the hand of God working in our lives. But if we don't relinquish the power that we by nature want to hold on to so dearly, if we don't relinquish that power, we can't receive the blessings. We won't see these things. We won't see that faith building in our lives if we don't relinquish the power. By faith, Noah moved with godly faith. Look at that. Look at the faith. How long did it take to build that ark in the middle of the wilderness where there had never, ever been rain before? 120 years. That is faith. God told him to build it, and he did. And I'm sure every day, people, every day, oh, yeah, uh, you're a nutcase building this big boat thing out in the middle of the wilderness. They've never seen rain before. But, yeah, you're, you're a nut. But there sure, I'm sure there's other people that probably looked at it and said, oh, I've got time. But they didn't heed the warnings. God warned him about things not seen. And he understood. And he heeded, Noah heeded God's warning. And I'm sure he was preaching God's word Every single day as he's building that, as people were coming by, mocking him, but he stood strong in his faith. And he was a mouthpiece for God. He was warning his neighbors, take heed, act on my warning, don't ignore the warnings of God. He didn't know what was coming. He didn't know the strength of the storm. Do we know the strength of the storm that's coming? Yeah, we look at the Bible. We're not in darkness. We see the things coming. Where is your faith? What do you put your faith in? The stock market? Or do you put your faith in this health and welfare uh, prosperity doctrine preacher who wants all your money? Who, or someone who says that God's word is not the final authority? Is that who we're putting our faith in? When someone's reaching his hands out to us and into our wallets? Is that who we're putting our faith and our trust in? People who mock God's word? Or are we putting our faith and trust in him alone, who is the word, who is the spirit of God, who is the creator of the universe? Without faith, 
it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. We've seen how Abel, Enoch, and Noah obtained a good testimony by their faith. Of Enoch in particular, it is state, it, it said he pleased God. When was the last time you can actually sit down and say, Yep, ah, Lord, you and I, you and I, we're, we're, we're making a difference. And he's going to look at us and, and our righteousness and our deeds are like filthy rags. It's impossible to please God without faith. It's impossible to please God. We can do nothing outside of Him. Nothing. Zil nothing at all. And again, where do you put your faith? Whether we're worshiping, we're walking, or we're at work, faith must be the moting that, that motivating factor behind it all. That faith in God. Are we worshiping because we listen to this fun music? Oh, I love the drums. I love the guitar. I love the bass. Oh, they've got such a beautiful voice. Or are we taking that time to be at the feet of Jesus and worshiping him through faith of the things yet to come? The evidence of things not seen. That's the faith. Without faith, there is nothing we can do that will please God. The faith which pleases God includes conviction that believes that God is is. Let me say that again. That faith that pleases God, that includes that conviction that believes that God is. We must believe there is a God, and He is the God of the Bible. There is no this false doctrine, this false God. The, the authority of God is, or, or the final authority is God, and it's in His Word. That is the final authority. We don't twist the scripture. Whether you agree with it or not, you're, you're not going to go and twist the scriptures, twist his words, like we do all the time, to fit into your narrative, your skewed view. We do that as a nation. We do that as a We do that as Christians because we don't like what it says. Romans 1 18 through 32. That's a stamp on our lives. That's a stamp on the believer, or the non-believer, I should say. We were all there, suppressing God's truth in unrighteousness. It's not just the people. What a list. What a convicting list. And it's not just the people that partake in those 
behaviors, but it's also the people that go along with it that won't see the kingdom of God. Though we do not see him, we have conviction in things not seen. I don't we don't see the face I don't see the face of Jesus, his physical form. You don't see the wind. You feel it. You don't know where it comes from either, but you feel it. You feel and you see the effects of the wind. You can see God's handiwork. But no man has seen the Father except the Son. Oh, we'll see him soon enough. Everyone will see the Son. Everyone will bow a knee. It's just what side of the aisle are you going to be on? Is it going to be a voluntary bow on the knee of worship and praise? Or is it going to be forced and not out of praise. That's your choice. That's the faith that the writer of Hebrews is talking about. Do we have that conviction and that belief that what God's word says is true and what God's word says is going to happen is going to happen. Do we have belief that God is? Do we have a belief that God is going to re- that Christ is going to return? He says he's going to return. He promised he's going to return. We have his holy spirit as a guarantor. He's given us a guarantee. He has sealed us till the end. So what kind of faith do you have? This faith includes that confidence that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Are we diligently seeking the face of God every day? We must believe that God acts on the part of those who seek after him. Matthew 6.33 Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness will be added unto you. We need to put him first. His focus first. Seek him and his righteousness and the Lord will lavish our lives. Not with material things. Granted, he might for his glory make you to have a comfortable living. But then again, he might not. And we need to be content in whatever, whatever, and wherever God puts us. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That is not a name it and claim it promise. That's a promise that, you know what? 
Paul was saying, it doesn't matter if I'm rich. I'll praise God. I can do this. It doesn't matter if we're poor and we're getting rocks bounced off our heads or we're being beaten, locked up in prisons, cast out of the city to die. I can do that too. I can do all things. And it's in Christ, in that faith in Christ, who gives us that strength. So how saving faith is, that saving faith is, is that developed, that faith that, that we can do all things, whether we're rich, we're poor. How do we get that saving faith? It's not the result Uh, we, a common misconception of that faith is, is blind faith. And it's not. That there is no logic or reason to faith. One simply just believes. But faith, as described in the Bible, is a result of evidence. Faith in God is a result of evidence provided via creation. Romans 1, verse 20. Psalm 19, 1. Faith in Jesus is a result of evidence provided. Certainly, the saints had such evidence, including God speaking to them directly. Today, faith comes by hearing of the word, Romans 10, 17. The word of God presents evidence to believe in God and in Jesus. Such is fulfilled prophecy. We see that. Eyewitness testimony. Through God's word, we can develop that kind of faith. That conviction which pleases God. The faith that leads to the saving of the soul is one that includes a strong conviction that God is, a strong confidence that He will reward those who diligently seek His face. This is the same kind of faith that we see in Abel, in how he worshipped God with his first fruit. The best of the best. 100%, this is the best of the best I'm going to give you. In Enoch, how he walked with God. He had that spirit. He allowed God to direct his every step. In Noah, how he worked for God. Diligently for 120 years, building that ark while people ridiculed and mocked him every day. But for 120 years, he was faithful and diligent in seeking his face and preaching his word to anyone that came by. Do you have that same kind of faith today? Do we as believers have that faith today? And how can we have that? If you don't, let the word of God create that faith in you. 
it can produce a faith in the existence of God. Look outside. There's so much evidence of it. You don't have to have blind. There is no blind faith. It is not blind. It is right there in your face. We, in Romans 1, 18, we suppress that truth of a creator. Nature screams of it. Psalm 19, 1 screams that there is a creator. It can produce faith in Jesus as his son who died on a cross, was nailed on a cross for you and for me. If you do, then let it affect the manner in which you worship God. Let it affect how you walk with God, how you work for God, as revealed in His Son, Jesus Christ. So what is the right kind of faith? So with this kind of faith, we can have the assurance that God is pleased. We are heirs of the righteousness, which is according to faith. And we too will one day obtain a good testimony. So believers, with that faith that we have or that we seek after, why is it so hard for us to bow a knee and say, Lord, I seek your face, your guidance. Let the Holy Spirit, please, Lord, let the Holy Spirit guide our paths today and tomorrow. Lord, remove me from the decision-making in my life. I've made a disaster of it. If that kind of faith was present nowadays, our world would be a very, very different place. Second Chronicles 7.14 If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. We need to, one, humble ourselves because pride, our pride is horrendous in our country today. We need to pray. Get on our face and pray. And then thirdly, we need to turn from our sins. Turn 100 degrees, 180 degrees away from whatever is going on in our lives. If we live a spirit-filled life and we scream for the spirit to be the leader, to, to, to rule our lives, 
then these fleshly desires won't have a grip, a stronghold in our lives. But we've got to humble ourselves. Realize I can't do this alone. We need to pray for His guidance and His strength to be in us. And we need to turn from our sins. And then and only then God will hear our prayers. And He will forgive our sins. We thank you and God bless.